Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Okay, so you can look at the front of your bulletin or up on one of our screens. Today's reading comes from James chapter 1, verses 19 through 25, and please join me. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the words, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Thank you. Are we on? We're good, we're good. Sorry if uh, that was my bad (laughs) up on the screens. Um, We were 10 verses off uh, on the, but that's okay. We're going to do great. Um, Can you actually, I think the clicker should be right. Oh, here it is. I'll grab it. Um, Yeah, so we are going through the book of James. So if you didn't get to read it up there, maybe um, if you have a neighbor who has uh, bulletin when we start, uh, you know, wandering through the verses. But um, yeah, we've we've been talking about James for a couple weeks. I want to continue to remind you guys. Um, you know, there is a great resource up on Right Now Media um, by the Book of James. It actually looks a lot like this, done by Francis Chan, not Jackie Chan. Um, and uh, we. We uh, would encourage you guys to go check that out. And um, we're going through it a little bit slower than um, what they do in the Right Now Media series. Um, but we, we're, we're still going through this, um, this first chapter of James. And James is really all about what does it look like to have faith in action, that there is that there's substance to our faith. And so um, we've been talking a little bit about that so far and, and having joy in our trials and, and that, that honestly the, the substance of faith is revealed in our trials. Um, but yeah, so we spent, we've spent a couple weeks talking about that and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But before I start getting into it, I'm going to say a word of prayer. Lord, um, we thank you for your word. We thank you um, that it connects us to um, the understanding who you are. That, like intellectually, we can, we can know you. Um, but Lord, intellectually knowing somebody is not knowing them. And so um, I pray during this time that, that we wouldn't just know some stuff about you, that we wouldn't just um, know all the right things to do or know the right having the right faith and the right doctrines or stuff like that, Lord, but that we, that we would really know you and that that knowing, that, that, f- that faith 
in, in a God who we can intellectually understand is real and active and deep. In the same way I can know stuff about my wife, but then I can know my wife. Lord, help us to know you. Jesus said that many will come and say, Lord, I know you. He'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. And so, Lord, we, we want to be a church that desires to know you, not just know stuff about you. We love you, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so, you guys, um, if you know me, um, you know that I'm, I, I've always loved uh, to coach. Um, I coach a couple things in town. Um, I've, for about seven-ish years now, coached at the local high school um, for the soccer team. Um, we're actually starting to build a freestyle ski and snowboard program. I'm just kind of like all about sports. I love sports. Um, and I know that doesn't connect with everybody in the room, but I hope this, um, this can kind of um, intellectually get come with you guys. But when I... When I'm talking about, um, you know, to my athletes, what does it what does it mean to become successful? What does it mean to become uh, become a champion? Um, what makes a champion? There's usually a couple things that come to my mind, and the first thing is like, what what are the ingredients that needs to be in a person's life? Um, to even have the potential to be successful in an, in a sport, and and I would say that this this continues across, um, you know, different careers or be successful in anything. But, but really what we need is ability, we need opportunity, and we need passion. And I always ask my athletes, I said, which do you think is the most important? And uh, without fail, well, maybe I've had one kid say something else, but, but passion. I mean, we know passion is what drives somebody. Passion is what makes somebody coachable. Um, passion is what takes somebody who you'd never expect to do something in a you know specific career or, or sport, and then they go on to be the best. Um, I can't tell you how many, at least in the athletic world, I hear kids who come from nothing to being you know the best in the world at this sport, and um, and that's because passion drives them. Now, opportunity is important. It's important to have those opportunities to be, to have coaches around, to have different people to teach you, mentor you, all that stuff. And then obviously your ability. So whether if that's sports, you're talking general coordination. Um, I'm not a big believer in the fact that you can be predisposed to be a great snowboarder. You're just, you just have good coordination. Um, and we don't have to argue about that. But, <laughs> but anyways, um, or, or if you're talking about success in a career, maybe you have, maybe you have an, a, a better ability to, you know, it, like math makes sense in your brain, and, it, and that just come naturally. Um, there's some levels of ability and cognition or, or um, yeah, just how you're kind of wired. So, um, so, yeah. Now, if you have those ingredients, then you start to ask, okay, okay, all right. So let's just say they've got all those. They're super passionate. They've got the opportunity, um, and they have the ability. Then what's next? What's the process? Because that doesn't immediately make you successful. This doesn't, doesn't immediately make you a champion. And, uh, and what I've found is that the kids that can buy into the principles of what it looks like to go from being 
you know, a beginner at something to an expert is buying into um, a, a, just a simple kind of um, three, like it's like a three-step process um, to how to succeed at something. And the reason I'm getting into this is I think James is doing this for us too. The first one is theory. I was talking with Wyatt uh, earlier this week, um, teaching him how to use uh, DSLR and do videos and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to tell you a bunch of information about this camera and how this works and how exposure happens and how to get this focus right and all that. This is theory. Um, this is what we're experiencing right now. You guys are sitting down and I'm talking to you. This is theory. We're talking, I'm telling you ideas um, and I'm hoping, hoping that they stick in some way, shape, or form. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Um, so theory. The question is um, that we ask is how does it work? So I coach uh, freestyle skiing and snowboarding. I'm primarily teaching them different tricks. I am telling them how this or that trick works. If I'm, you know, talking about a frontside 360, you know, the, I'm telling them, I need you to like get hard onto your heel edge. And when you come off, I want you to pop off your tail and, and open your shoulder and all the theory of how the trick works. And for the person who's on the receiving end of this, it's listening, listening, just being able to take information, the theory, the idea, and, and understand how that tangibly works. And it sets you up for the next of the three, which is practice. Um, I like to say this um, specifically for freestyle skiing and snowboarding, is that we are synchronizing simple patterns of movement. There was something really unique as I was improving in my snowboarding, um, like, I don't know, 10-ish years ago, and I would look around in the terrain parks and I would, I, you know, I had this idea that you have to be a great athlete to be able to do 360s and 540s and all the tricks that, you know, that we do on skis and snowboards. And then I'd look around the park and I'd see people who were not exactly in shape, who were, who had tons of style and could throw decently big tricks. Now, if you get to the biggest, the highest level, you need to be very athletically fit. Don't get me wrong. But to do most tricks, most fundamental tricks in skiing and snowboarding is just simple patterns of movement that you synchronize. So synchronizing simple patterns of movement. And what we're doing in this phase of practice is we are taking the theory, the idea, and we're putting it to action. Okay? And what the brain, you know, what, what people will tell you with the brain, scientists will tell you that the brain is sending sig signals to your muscles to work in specific ways. And what we're, what we're trying to do in practice is we're trying to take those pathways that takes to make, you know, your movement to do a certain trick and, and repeat that. And so when you repeat, you know, going a pathway, what happens? It gets easier and easier. Just like, you know, if, if I were to tell you guys to walk out in the woods over here by South Peak, not on a ski trail, it would probably take you a while to get 100 yards. But if you did that every day for the next year, that path would be pretty easy to travel a year later. And so what we're trying to do in practice is we're just trying to just continually go that path and continue to make it easier and easier. 
So we, pra we, we have theory, listening. Uh, practice is obedience. Practice is just doing what your coach tells you, right? And then, and then putting repetition to it. Finally, execute. Execute is just practice under pressure, I like to say. Practice under pressure. It's, it's the act of mastering various tricks or trick combinations. I'm specific, specifically for skiing and snowboarding right now. But practice under pressure. It's when all, when everything comes to it, you want to make sure that everything you've been, you've, you've had theory and ideas. You've put that theory and ideas to practice. You've, you've worked and worked and worked, and you've got those pathways really nice and like easy to get through, and you know exactly how to get through them. And then you perform that under pressure. So theory, practice, execute. And as I was reading these passages, I couldn't help but think of coaching. Um, so we're, we're going to look back at the passages. I'd encourage you, I don't know, because I think we have the same wrong verses. We do have the same wrong verses up here. So I'm not even going to go to the verses up on the screens. Um, if you have a bulletin, check them out. Check it out. And um, I think James is trying to do the same thing here. Theory, practice, execute. So I'm going to go ahead and read verses 19 and 20. We're going to start there. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. What is the theory? What is the idea? What, like, how do we go about uh, learning about you know, faith in action. That's really what James has been building up to so far in chapter one. What does that look like? Well, it looks like being quick to listen and slow to speak. I think it's funny how they linked slow to speak and slow to anger because um, what's interesting about being quick to listen, it kind of depends on what you're listening to. Most of social media, most of the news, um, most things that we encounter, uh, they drive us to a point of anger very quickly, not slowly. They drive us to a point of anger so that we speak up. And you see this all over. People, you know, people are very quick to share their opinion loud and proud. And then, and what happens in, in our day and age is that is that there's so many loud voices everywhere that you're just like, first of all, like the best thing is just kind of just shut most of it off because most of it's not that productive or useful um, because people aren't quick to listen. And, and I'm pointing right back at me. I am not quick to listen. I'm, I'm quick to become angry and I'm quick to, um, uh, quick to speak. I'm definitely quick to speak. Um, and so quick in our listening, and slow in our speaking and our anger. Now, why is that? Why do we want to be slow to speak? Why do we want to be slow to anger? Now, uh, it says this in verse 20. Um, it says, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, there is such a thing as godly anger. It's, it's, it's this um, anger within us of of injustice happening. There should be some sort of angst when you things happening in the world that you know God doesn't desire, isn't 
you know, excited about. There should be a, ah, this isn't right. Um, truthfully, though, the line between godly anger and human anger is a very fine line, and um, and we often end up just getting angry and thinking and thinking that we're justified in it. Truthfully, most of the time that we get angry, it's because we didn't spend time to think, and we just wanted to speak quickly. And so we are quick to become angry. But it says human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. When we're quick to listen, what we're doing is we're being, we're being quick to think, honestly. Quick to weigh what is it that I'm hearing. Um, I... It is interesting when I when I think of um, yeah when I think of like receive, being on the receiving end versus the giving end of something, um, you know when I'm on the receiving end I want to be um, I want to be really really quick to listen and so allow myself to process through what's happening and not just quickly say no that wouldn't work or no you're wrong or no whatever um, but then on the giving end I want to it's funny, I want to, it's almost like receiving criticism versus giving encouragement. I want to be, I want to, on the, on the other end, I want to be quick, instead of to point back criticism to other people, I want to be quick to encourage um, rather than discourage. But, yeah, slow to listen, or slow to speak, slow to become angry, and quick to listen. Uh, I'm going to move on to verses 21 to 25 because this kind of fleshes out in a little bit of practice. We're talking about theory is being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Verses 21 through 25. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly or so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it said says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. The first, right in verse 21, we, we look at being quick to listen and slow to speak is a lot about removing distractions. I talked about how there's just so many voices in the world today just yelling from every angle, um, but being, being willing to uh, be quick to listen to God's word by removing the distractions of everything around us, telling us what to believe and who we are, but being, being, being quick to remove distractions and so we can focus. You know, that's a lot of what we try to do on a Sunday morning, right? Truthfully, you will leave here and you have, maybe you have kids and they are quite distracting and, or you have a job and that's quite distracting, um, you know, or you have school, homework, whatever it is, there's so many distractions. And, and we come to this place on a Sunday morning to just have a moment where, let me just get, get rid of some of these distractions and let me focus on God. Removing distractions so we can listen, we can be quick 
to listen. In quietness, we can know and understand God's word. This is really hard because often I'll wake up in the morning and I'll start reading my Bible and I'll be thinking about all the different things that's on on my to-do list that day. I'll be thinking about the kids waking up in 15 minutes. I'll be thinking about a homework assignment that, that I need to get done. I'll be thinking about, you name it, fill in the blank. And we have such a difficult time, especially in this culture where we're very success-driven and, and that's, or pro- productivity-driven, I should say. And, and so, like, there's no time in the morning to, to waste it on just being quiet and, and not moving. But James is telling us, be quick to listen. Specifically, and he says in verse uh, 21, humbly accept the word planted in you. Get rid of the, the, the filth and the evil that's all around us and, be, and, be, and humbly accept the word planted in you. And then he transitions, okay? This is where practice comes in um, leading to execution. Okay, listening without obeying. Listening without obeying. If you're like me, one of the most challenging verses in the book of James comes in chapter 2 where it says, faith without works is dead. Um, and, and it goes on to uh, say some things that, honestly, if you look at the book of James in isolation, you'd think that, that works are a part of salvation. And, um, and looking at that in isolation, that was troubling to me because I, I don't believe that. I believe that we're saved by grace through faith, not of our works. Um, there's a lot, a lot within the New Testament about how our works are useless in the process of our salvation. But what our works do is they reveal and this is what James is getting after. Our works reveal what, what we really believe, okay? They're not the act of saving us, but they're the evidence of our salvation. So listening without obeying, you are deceived, he says in verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Um, in uh, the book of John, it talks about um, Satan being the deceiver. That's his goal, is to deceive us. And so the idea of coming to church on a Sunday and listening to the word and then leaving and, and, and a lot, like not, not doing what you've learned or going to a Bible study and learning about loving your neighbor and then you go out and not love your neighbor, you're deceiving yourselves. In fact, I've, I've heard it said before is that like, Almost a warning, stop going to more Bible studies where you hear God's word because all you're doing is making yourself more accountable to your sin because you know you're not supposed to, right? And so do not deceive yourselves. If you think that showing up on a Sunday and listening to a sermon is enough to follow Jesus, then you're deceived. First John, uh, I preached through the book of First John a couple years ago. First John chapter 3 um, says it about as plain as, as I have heard it anywhere in the Bible. First John chapter 3, 8 and 9 says, But when people keep on sinning or make a practice of sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil. 
who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. Now, it's not saying that a believer cannot sin. It's making a practice of sinning. So listening, if you're here listening and you're getting theory and then you don't go into practice, you're being deceived. And that's what James is getting into. So so the, what's the pathway that we want to do, right? Practice is all about paving that pathway and making it as wide as possible so, it's, so we, can, we can, you know, do that without even thinking. It's like talking about building, um, building habits. We talked about, um, me and Drew read a book uh, about two years ago called um, The Common Rule about building habits of life that point us towards uh, loving God and loving neighbor. And, and we talk about building habits. That's what we're doing. Habits are when, we, when we've walked a pathway so many times that we don't even have to think and we do it. It's the same way, you know, the habit of me getting home from Encore, I don't even have to think about which ways to turn. I just know it. And my brain, and that, what that does is it allows me to think about other things when I'm driving home. It's a second nature. I know it, Right? We want to we build that kind of pathway for being slow uh, to anger, to s- slow to speak, and quick to listen to God's word. Let's build that pathway in practice. It, um, it uses this illustration. And Marcus, I, I thought Marcus did a great job last week of talking about a mirror and coming in front of a mirror and looking at yourself in the face and and those who listen but don't obey are like one who, who looks at himself in the mirror and then goes away and forgets what they look like. And, uh, and it's, it, really, it's worthless to do that. Why, first of all, why do we look in a mirror? We look at a mirror to see if we look decent halfway, right? So if you don't care that you look halfway decent or bad or whatever, then don't look in the mirror. It's worthless to do it. That's kind of what I was hinting towards earlier. If you're showing up here on Sunday, if you're showing up to a Bible study midweek and you're just there because, oh, I did the checkbox thing and I'm you know, a good Christian because I show up to Bible studies, but you don't obey, it's all worthless. That's what he's saying. It's worthless to look in a mirror and then go away. And he says you're being deceived. There's another uh, parable that Jesus shares um, that talks a lot about somebody who, uh, who knows God's word or listens to God's word but doesn't obey it. And it comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. It's the parable of the builders, the wise and the foolish builder. And it says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand the rain came down the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash this is where practice becomes execution i talked about execution is practice under pressure okay 
Well, when the winds come, the storms of our life comes, if your pathway isn't traveled well, if your foundation hasn't built, been built correctly, what it's saying, the foundation that's being built is listening and obeying to what Jesus has taught. That's what Jesus is saying in this parable. If your foundation isn't built on that rock, then the pressure will come and you'll find out that that your theory or your practice was all for nothing. It's all for nothing. Be the wise builder. Be the one who looks in the mirror and fixes their hair or whatever it is that's wrong. Be like, don't just listen, but do. Don't just listen, but do. Do not be deceived, as James says. I want to say one final thing about verse 25 because, um, you know, I've seen this too and, and um, you know, verse 25 gives a, gives a blessing to those who listen and obey. Um, if you look at your bulletins, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. It's important to keep in mind that that blessing might not show up like you want it to. Um, People have obeyed God and gotten things that sound really awful. Paul obeyed God and got beheaded. Jesus obeyed God and got crucified. I could go on and on about the 10 other disciples who obeyed God and were all martyred. Oh, and then there's one, there's one that didn't get martyred, but he was uh, in prison for the rest of his life and died on an island, and he obeyed God. Blessing doesn't always look like we probably want it to. See, when I think about my athletes, what is the success, right? The success for an athlete is tied to either improvement in their skills and learning new tricks or victory. Maybe they go out and win a competition because of the tricks that they've learned. But what is the reward that we receive for obeying God's command? What's this blessing? Is it health, wealth, and prosperity? I think we all know that's not true. I'm not saying that doesn't happen sometimes. I hope it happens, and it's great. I'd love to have health, wealth, and prosperity, but it is certainly not promised within Scripture. If anything, the thing that's promised is persecution for our faith. The blessing is seen as we look back in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The blessing, the blessing that we often get is, <laughs> sounds so wrong, is we get blessed through our trials because it produces perseverance and maturity. And maturity is, is looking like Jesus. The blessing is we get to look more like our Savior. And that's, <laughs> that's where like the idea of being a Christian and, and, and having a new life 
and a new, like a new heart, that's where it's so different. Because if we keep, if we hold on to the heart that, you know, the world offers, which is like, what, what is blessing in the, in the world? Blessing in the world is health, wealth, and prosperity, like I said. If we hold on to that perception of what blessing is, then, then I want to encourage you to uh, ask God for a new heart. Because a heart that loves God is one that seeks to look like Jesus. And, and a life that looks like Jesus is sometimes not easy. I'd say most of the time it's not easy, but it produces in us joy, as James says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers. The blessing a lot of times is just is in our trials. Blessing is found in those trials producing perseverance and perseverance producing maturity. I want to urge you today is that have joy in the process of your, the, the big word, the big uh, theological word is sanctification. It's the process in which we go from who we, wa- who we once were to looking more and more like Jesus. Have joy in that process. Have joy in that process. So let's be, let's remember, you know, theory, practice, execute. So what, if you're here on a Sunday morning, that's great. I'm not trying to, don't stop coming, but, but you know, be here, listen, and then take that and obey. Practice. And what's cool about that, the problem with execution is you know, it's not like sports where you're like, ah, I have that competition in the future. I know when it's coming. Most of, of the time, when it comes to obeying God, we don't know when the pressure's coming until it's there. And when it's there, it's too late for you to practice because the pressure's on. How are you going to react? How are you going to react? Be slow to speak and quick to listen. If you're here today and, and you're like, all of this is just so foreign, um, that's okay. Ask questions. I'd love to chat with you after the service. I know Drew would. There's other, many other people who'd love to chat about you know, Jesus, when he came and he gave the Sermon on the Mount, they called it, it's the upside down sermon is what we usually refer to it, is that the things that we think are true about the world were actually completely opposite of what Jesus said they would be like in the kingdom of heaven. And so um, I want to encourage you that it's okay if you don't quite understand it because I don't quite understand it. But if you're here and you're like, you know what, I'm sick and tired of of just trying to do things and seek after the, the things that the world offers and, and, and the idea of being, being slow to speak and quick to listen and, and to put, put God's word in your heart and then practice it um, so that you can execute that on the day when pressure comes. Um, I want to encourage you guys um, that, it's, that it's, it's pretty simple on the front end is that faith in Jesus is what saves us. The process to which we tease that out into all of our life is where it gets a little more challenging and it takes community. So I want to encourage you, if that's you today, talk to somebody around you. Talk to somebody about, about a decision to follow Jesus and then what that looks like to live its way out in how we listen to, to an idea or theory, how we practice that, and then how we execute it. Lord, uh, we thank you for James. We thank you that he, he just doesn't seem to pull any punches. 
Um, he is, is very open and honest about what does it look like to have true, meaningful faith. God, we pray that we can be ones who don't just, we aren't ones who just deceive ourselves and listen without obeying, but, but rather, Lord, that we would listen and obey and that your kingdom could be seen through this small group of people in a thrift store in Lincoln, New Hampshire, that we might have the potential to be the light of the world because you are living in and through us. Help us, Lord, to resist the deception of being quick to speak, quick to become angry. Help us to be slow to speak, slow to become angry, and quick in our listening. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.